0: everyone. Welcome to another episode of the With Clarity and Purpose podcast. And today I am so, so excited because I have a super special guest and I can no way to introduce this guest. Okay. So this guest's name is Kim Le and she's an executive recruiter and leader in the talent and organization sector, and also in the human potential sector. Now, let me tell you about how Kim and I met. In my last corporate job, Kim was known to be a leader when it came to human development and employee development, and she was leading an initiative back then. And I fell in love with how much she cares about people. And I joined that initiative. I joined her team. So she was leading this team that I was in. And we just connected because we care so much about people. And later on, she left that corporation. I left that corporation. And later on, she became my coaching client, which I was so honored that she reached out. And now we are here doing this amazing podcast episode. How are you doing, Kim? Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing great, Janet. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I'm mega excited. And for the audience to get to know you a little bit better, who is Kim? Where were you born? What was your bringing? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I was born in Vietnam in a province called An Yang. It is the southernmost tip of Vietnam, right next to Cambodia. I think my family's rural village was 30 or 40 miles away from the Cambodian border. But I was born there, rural village, and my parents and I immigrated to the U.S. in 94. My dad was in the Vietnam War in the South, fighting alongside the Americans, and eventually got granted amnesty to come over. So... They wanted a better life. And so it was just my parents and I, I don't have any siblings, but we immigrated to Houston to start off and eventually found our way to Bryan College Station, where I grew up most of my life. I went to high school there, went to Texas A&M, and eventually moved back to Houston for my consulting job, where I met Johnette afterwards.
0: I love that game. That's so exciting. And I feel we have so many things in common. I mean, my mom being an immigrant, your parents being an immigrant, and also being only child. (laughs) child. I love that. So Kim, right before we started working together, right, you had this like dark, challenging period in your life. And I know all of us go through those periods of uncertainty, of darkness in a way And one of the topics that I want to cover today is how were you able to find yourself? Because if I remember well, and this is something that you said that always stuck in my mind, one of your main goals in life is self-actualization. And I don't think no one ever has told me that term before. So that's why I remember it coming from you. So Tell me how you got out of that period. How did you find yourself more? And how did this vision of self-actualization lead you to continue growing and evolving from that place?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I went through a pretty tough time. My partner at the time and I ended up parting ways after spending six years together. And it was a really difficult time and year for us. And so through that experience, I mean, I was in one of the lowest points in my life. And I think I used that as fuel to, I guess, try to make things better for myself because I didn't have much. I didn't feel like I could get any worse from where I was. And so I don't think the self-actualization thing really came to mind at that moment, right? I think it was part of the process, meeting you and really starting to see the vision for what my life and actually planning and executing for it came to life. And I'm like, wow, this is the path, the path of self-actualization. So that year was a really tough year, but it was what fueled my desire to start over and start a new chapter in my life. And it was such a big, pivotal moment in my life where I wanted to reset, right? I've been given this opportunity to essentially start over. And for the first time in my life, I felt excited for my 30s and what was to come. And so I'm like, this is my opportunity to really start fresh. And that's what made me reach out to you and do your coaching program.
0: Kim, I wanted to touch on grieving because I mean, every time we have a change, I remember when I went from my First corporate job to my second corporate job, which was an aligned decision that made me way happier. There was still a grieving process, a transitioning process before you reinvent yourself. How has that been for you? Because I know you have transitioned from careers, you transitioned from that relationship. What has helped you during that process of grieving and welcoming a new version of Kim? What has been that for you?
1: Yeah, I think the grieving process is natural in any transition, any change that occurs. But it's an important part of the process where you are processing all of your emotions, really identifying what happened, how do you feel about it? And maybe also, what are you taking away from the situation? How will this change your mind and change your actions and the trajectory of where you're going to be headed next right i see myself as a maximizer growing up as an only child with immigrant parents we didn't have a lot we were actually very poor growing up and i didn't have the same freedom and opportunities as other people around me so i had to make the best of what i had and so i think going through the grieving process whether it was changing careers leaving the relationship, many other things. It's just a natural part of life that I have come to embrace and accept. It's just a part of the process of growth. And so I think that was important for me to keep in mind that it's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel all these negative emotions. The most important thing is, what are you going to do about it? I love it. And I think while we are in
0: lows, it's so important to remind ourselves that the lows are temporary. They are going to pass as you continue evolving. And that also applies to the highs. So whenever we are in a high, we got to enjoy that because there is going to be a challenge coming up later on. And that's okay. It's like you say, accepting what life is bringing and doing the best out of that
1: situation. So Mm, I love that.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I remember one analogy you used was surfing, like riding the waves. And I think about that all the time because it's true. I mean, it's it's exactly what life is. There's always going to be things that come your way that you didn't anticipate, there's challenges, like life will knock you down. But how do you develop your foundation to where you're able to manage those emotions, manage the situation and be able to Right away, as calmly as you can, because it will happen. It's inevitable.
0: I love it. And Kim, whenever you reach out for coaching, that by the way, this was the first time Kim was getting coached. She didn't know what coaching was. She didn't know what to expect. She was like, I mean, this seems abstract. I don't know what to expect. What led you to having the courage to ask for help? Because I think asking for help and the support That's the biggest revolutionary act of self-worthiness in the journey that we are in because I don't think there is a desired outcome or destination. We are always going to be working on our worthiness. So what led you to having the courage of reaching out and actually made the decision without, I mean, I do my best to explain, but coaching is like consulting. Sometimes can be abstract to some people.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, you're absolutely right. I had no idea what type of coaching or any kind of coaching really meant. I just knew that it was one method for me to have hands-on help to achieve the thing, the goal, whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve. Much like a fitness trainer, right? You hire them because you want a certain physical outcome or a nutritionist, right? And in this case, I wanted something for my soul and my mind and just that part of me that I wanted to really reconnect with. And I didn't know what that would look like, what the process was of coaching and the outcome. So going back to my childhood, I mentioned I'm a maximizer. I mean, when I grew up, my parents are immigrants. So I'm first gen. Growing up, I didn't have the same, again, types of opportunities and chances to learn about society and like, how to even like apply to colleges and how to like think about your career and like all these things. Like my parents had no idea and I didn't have any ideas. So I very much learned through the school of YouTube and Google. Like I'm not even joking. Like I learned how to do my makeup through YouTube videos when I was a teenager. And my parents at the time, because they were immigrants, their biggest priority was safety. And so it was constantly how do we keep Kim safe? How do we not let her put herself in risky situation or going out there and hanging out with friends and potentially like getting kidnapped and all these like worst case scenarios. And so I grew up very, felt like a very, a very much in a cage. And so I knew that there was more out there to life. And I knew that I needed to get out and experience and learn, and explore. And it was all through YouTube and Google. So very much of my foundation was just figure it out. right? And also having immigrant parents, being an only child, they didn't really speak English. I was the one translating. I was the one doing just about everything when it comes to English for them. So I had to figure out everything on my own. And I knew that I didn't have the knowledge or the tools or resources. So I always was going out to find help. So I think that was kind of a benchmark for my upbringing. And so going through my 20s, experiencing all these challenges and my long-term partner and I parting ways. It was, like I said, it, I used it as fuel to be like, okay, well, this is like the, one of the biggest things that have happened to me in my life. And I want to find a way to maximize the situation for myself. And so I am an executive recruiter. I, I live on LinkedIn pretty much. And I saw your post Come up about all these things that resonated with me, like reinventing your life, like, are you feeling these certain things, and like how you can achieve and overcome? And I was just curious. I clicked on your website. and everything just resonated with me. I'm like, wait, like, I don't know what this is about, but I know this is my goal. This is the outcome that I wanted. So that's why I've reached out to you, and the rest is history. I love it.
0: I think that's amazing. For someone who has never coached, How would you describe the process of coaching and what was your biggest transformation?
1: Oh my goodness. I mean, the process of coaching is very similar to what you would expect with a fitness trainer, right? You hire someone and you spend time together every week. You have goals set in place. You have things that you need to do. And then the next session is like recapping what you did and what was the outcome. Let's talk about it and plan for the next. So it was very it was a mindset boot camp, <laughs> but I loved it. And there were some challenging calls. I remember there were some calls where I cried because maybe I didn't finish homework from the last time and I felt really disappointed in myself. But throughout the entire six months, you have been incredible in how hands on you are, how focused, how intentional your guidance has been, and the flexibility of kind of. In some ways, there's structures. You have things planned, but if things come up on my end where I'm not feeling great one session, you don't judge me about it. There's no judgment at all. You're very supportive, and we cannot just focus on what happened and process that, right? And how does this apply to what I'm trying to do right now or the previous week's homework that you assigned me? So the entire process was incredible, and just having a friend A mentor, a coach, just someone who is my advocate, advocating for me, fighting for me, and helping me realize what you see in me and my potential. It was an incredible experience.
0: I love it. I think that's so powerful because in every transformation, there is going to be resistance. Okay. If there is no resistance, like you said, like sometimes, like there was one call that I'm like, oh my God, I didn't finish a thing. I'm the worst. And I'm like, hey, there is no failure, only feedback. Let's see for the next one. What can we do about it while accepting what is? Because really, it's a journey of acceptance and no judgment because none of us show up the same every single day. So, our best is going to be different every single day. And that is totally okay. And so, I think it's powerful because Sometimes in the process of coaching, because you're challenging yourself, you're learning about yourself, there are parts that are not going to feel comfortable. And that's the whole purpose of growth, because you're not used to, one, prioritizing yourself, two, showing up consistently for yourself. Because I call coaching like, is this university where you are studying you? You know that in the educational system, we studied Everyone else in the world, we studied all the dead people and their contributions, which are amazing contributions, don't get me wrong. But we never learn about the only alive person that is the foundation of everything ourselves. (laughs) So coaching is like six months. I mean, my program is six months, six months or focusing on yourself and who you are and what is your desired outcome and going after that and getting results in that area.
1: Yeah. One of the most memorable moments in our program was a few weeks into the program. I remember I was at Stride. Stride is a fitness running a treadmill interval class and I was on the treadmill and there's like a mirror in front of my treadmill. So I'm like staring at myself, like huffing and puffing and just dying at running. And I remember thinking to myself, all of a sudden, like there was a shift in the way that I spoke to myself. I started saying things like you got this like you can do this like i got you kim like it was like so weird i was referencing myself in third person and it was this moment of internal connection that was one of the most beautiful feelings i have ever felt about myself before and in that moment i realized like there is something here and then i just went all in on it and i'm like this feels right this feels good like this is what i want And I think about that moment a lot. And I try to bring myself to connect back and achieve that same sense of like alignment with who I am. I'm my biggest advocate, cheerleader. I got myself all these things. And I learned that how you talk to yourself is incredibly important and so underrated. I remember in my 20s, I used to not be like that. I used to be really hard on myself and beat myself up and like berate myself, like you idiot. Like how could you do something so stupid? And all these like very negative things and which was contributing to like my limiting beliefs. It was like a whole cycle. And that was one of the first moments where I felt truly connected with myself. And it was beautiful.
0: I love that. Honestly, I remember that call
1: like it was yesterday. And still
0: when you said that story again, like I got all the chills because (laughs) I remember you saying like it was this like spiritually on ex- like a feeling that is hard to explain, really, and that you felt so aligned and so connected. So, yeah. yeah, I still feel it in my body like that day when you explained it. So that's beautiful. What was the biggest mindset shift for you in the program? What was the biggest transformation mindset wise for you?
1: there's a couple of things. The mind shift was around belief in myself. I mean, that's what the whole program is about, right? Understanding who you are as a person and what are your desires and goals in life and what is the life that you want to achieve and have for yourself. And so knowing who I am as a person, my values, which by the way, I still look at to this day, it's been Really crucial in my development journey because everything revolves around it now, right? I know myself, my core values, and how I want to show up to other people. And if I put myself in situations where it's not conducive to that, then I remove myself from the situation, right? And having that self respect for myself to do that. So it's belief in myself, knowing that life will throw wrenches at you, work will be super hard and tough. But being able to navigate and like have belief in myself that I can navigate through all of that. For example, at work, now I'm speaking up more, I am more vocal, I'm taking more risk, I'm able to share my perspective and opinions. Just, I feel like I truly can be authentic to myself. And that's been huge. The other thing is embracing, again, just the feeling of being uncomfortable. I actually have a sticky note right here on my computer, my monitor, get used to being uncomfortable because that's sort of how you measure yourself, right? Is like, that's your growth. And if you don't get out of your comfort zone, you're never going to be able to achieve the things that you want to achieve. So it's mainly around belief and resiliency because it's not about what happened to you, but what are you going to do about it in the future and how do you course correct and feeling like I have all the tools and resources to navigate through that. Mm, I love that so much
0: because all of us do, really. I always say we all have the resources we need to succeed within ourselves. And I think the power of coaching, and this is when I fell in love with coaching back in 2015, when I had my first certification, which was in leadership, Coaching is about guiding the individual on how to think, not telling them what to think. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's just the biggest desired outcome of life, relying on yourself, on your intuition, on what feels right versus following the path all the time that was carved out for you. It's actually you creating the path, you creating your reality.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. intentions another big one, too. It's like, what is your true intention versus just operating in autopilot mode? Right. And I used to stress eat a lot. Right. And, and that would be my default. If I was stressed out, I would go get Chick-fil-A and like just help with giving myself comfort. But that wasn't the right answer. Right. That wasn't conducive to my health. And I'm just realistically masking something that's deeper than that. And so now I am more intentional about what I put in my body. It's not always perfect. I mean, I'm, my whole journey is not perfect by any means, but I'm being conscious and intentional about how much food I put in my body, what types of food, as well as being able to show up and nurture my body through fitness and working out because this is the only vessel that I have for the next several decades and I have to take care of it. It is, I'm worth Taking care of, I have value and I have worth, and this is becoming my new identity.
0: That's beautiful, Kim. And talking about that, I remember one of the biggest things that you wanted to work on was consistency. And the first thing we discovered is that you had a limiting belief that you are not consistent, right? So the first thing we did was release that, yeah. <laughs> let go of that. But like you said, consistency is not about perfection consistency is going to be messy. Let's be honest here. We all go through that. And I remember maybe a few months ago, we coached last year. And a few months ago, you told me, Janet, I haven't been more consistent in my life. I'm just doing amazing. Tell me what was your journey from believing that I cannot be consistent to being the most consistent in your life yeah. in these last few months?
1: Yeah. I have never been well before the coaching program, I felt like I'm I was very inconsistent. I would be on the workout train, right? January first New Year's, like go to the gym and then fall off after a month or two. And it was always just that bat, like on and off the train. And then I would lose 20 pounds, gain it all back up and lose it again. And it was just constant. And I'm happy to report that in the last eight months or so I've been pretty consistent with my workout routines. Like on average, I try to go do a workout three times a week. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less depending on my work situation and whatnot. But I think the biggest thing I'm proud of is that I no longer think about it. Like if I have it on my calendar and I need to go to a spin class, I need to go to a running class, like I just go. And it's so mind blowing to me because I never thought that was achievable. And now I just do it. I used to negotiate with myself so much. I'm like, it's cold outside. It's too hot. I'm going to be too sweaty <laughs> and like all these silly things. But now I just kind of go. And I think there was one moment that that was a catalyst for that. Because in January of this year, I was on a trip with my girlfriends in Cabo. And I was part of your coaching program. And I was still tracking like how many days I would go work out. And so I went to the resort gym. And I saw this old man who is just grinding and crushing it on the bicycle, the indoor bike. And in that moment, it just clicked for me. I'm like, I want to be him when I'm his age. That is me. That is what I want. And that was my why. That was the singular moment that gave me my why. And so from then on, I just think back to that moment. I'm like, yeah, when I'm 60 plus, I want to be able to do all the things I still enjoy. I want to hike. I want to be mobile. I want to be just like active and like not have to worry about like my body crumbling. Like I want that for my life. And because of that, because of anchoring that vision, I've been able to just go and knowing that I'm just one tiny step contributing to the life that I want in the future.
0: I think that's so powerful. And I love that you mentioned, hey, I don't think about it anymore because so many times we get stuck in the overthinking, in the negotiating with ourselves. And I know for you, what's a journey, right? Because change is not conscious. If change was conscious, people would be like, oh, I want to go to a gym four times a week and they would show up and do it. Change is highly of subconscious. So With Kim, I utilize a couple of techniques at the subconscious level and also strengthening that with repetition and also the mindset of letting go of perfection. Consistency is not perfection, it's getting back on track whenever you fall off track. And you mention a key thing at the end, you got to have a vision that propels you to continue moving forward towards that direction. Because if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a direction, What are you driving towards? What's your motivation? So I love that you
1: mentioned that. Exactly. I saw a recent post you did on intention and it resonated so deeply. and it was actually a great reminder for myself too. It's like you had talked about if you, for example, wanted to meditate every single day and like you didn't have time today. And so a lot of times I or other people, I feel like would just be like, I just don't have time. And then you don't do it. And then you break that promise and you start feeling bad about yourself. But what was really inspiring and a good reminder for me in in your message was it doesn't have to be perfect. Like even if you just sat there and just took four deep breaths and was present during those four deep breaths and have the intention that I am meditating, even if it's just for four breaths this is still it. I'm still showing up, making time for myself. And so there's been moments in my journey where I'm like, I can't make it out. Like, but I'm still going to go maybe do a five minute stretch instead. Or maybe I'll just do like squats, like 10 squats, 20 squats, whatever it is, just so that like I showed up and that's good enough. And of course, you want to be able to build over time, right? But the intention is so, so important. And I'm glad you put that message out there.
0: Oh, I'm so happy you enjoyed it. And honestly, I know I've repeated this, but the more I see clients struggle with the perfectionism, the more of an awakening I have. And I'm like, four breaths with intention, with full presence, it's way more powerful than 10 minutes meditating when you're not even present in the meditation. So, necessarily, it's not about time at the beginning. Of course, like you said, you want to build up because you want to continue growing. But when you're starting, we got to start small, we got to start super flexible. And even if we have been doing it for a long time, we are going to fall off track some days and we'll get back on at the end of the day. That's what's important.
1: Yeah. And that's a good point, because I think that's another big mindset shift that I've changed is obviously I'd love to be consistent, and like even showing up with intention. But it doesn't happen all the time. Like, it's not perfect at all. I still struggle in different areas. But the most important thing is how do you course correct and get back on track? And how do you forgive yourself, right? And still maintain that sense of like, it's okay. Like, tomorrow's a new day. It's fine. We'll just start over. And that mindset has been very helpful in building my resiliency. I love that so much, Kim.
0: And I've noticed you have mentioned a couple of times self-care respect, (laughs) which goes back to self-worth. And I think lately I've been thinking more of this. I think the difference between where people are and where they want to be is their level of self-respect and self-worth. Did you see that in yourself?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. One of the first things we talked about in our program was making promises to ourselves and how important it is and kind of tying back to the intentional piece. Right. And the more you can keep those promises to yourself and have intention behind it, the more you realize, like, this is who I am. I am building a strong core, strong foundation of who I am, my values. I'm showing up for myself. And this is very much an internal intrinsic drive to be able to do the things that are conducive to my health and wellness and emotional security, all these things, right? And I feel like a lot of people give a lot of themselves out, myself included, because I was the only child that my parents relied on. But you have to realize that you can't be your best and for other people if you don't show up for yourself. So I think keeping those small promises to myself and trying to nurture my body and then all these things will inherently over time help you realize that you are worth it. You are doing this for yourself and you have value. You respect yourself to not put yourself in certain situations that are not conducive to yourself. I think that's powerful. And we talked a lot
0: about boundaries, about perceptionist projection. We- oh, yeah. which I think perception is projection for those who don't know is everything outside of us. It's a reflection of our inner work of what's going on within ourselves because reality is highly subjective, right? Whatever you feel triggered by, it's something that that person has touched within yourself, maybe a wound or something similar. And this term allows you to go from this is happening to me to an empowered side of what can I do about it? Because there is something within myself that I need to understand better. Why is this person bothering me so much? How did that term like change your life, which is a really hard one for some people to internalize because you're taking
1: responsibility for everything that happens in your life. Right, right. No, I resonate with that deeply. It's helped me understand my trigger points and be more self-aware around why is this causing me this annoying feeling, right? And digging deeper from there. But it's also helped me be more empathetic towards other people too and realizing we're all just projecting on each other. We all grew up in different environments with different values. And things and expectations. And so it's helped me kind of take a step back and realize like the people who may have hurt me in the past, it's just a reflection of like what they're going through at the time. And it's not really personal at all. And I think that's been huge in learning what projecting even means both for myself and what I receive from other people.
0: You are incredible, my friend. And it's just, I'm just so amazed at how you have been able to continue applying these concepts and not only that, taking action. Because I always tell my clients, I'm a guide. I mean, we spend in the week, maybe one hour a week. But what happens after the session, that's when really action starts happening. And I'm so freaking proud of you for all the action you have been taking and the results you have been taking. So I think that's really inspiring.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I wanted
0: to talk also because your story is super inspiring, being an immigrant, being an only child. And I can resonate so much with your story because as children of immigrants, right, we had to raise ourselves in many ways. I know you mentioned of Googling and doing YouTube. And I can think of me in high school going to my mom and saying, Mom, I got an A. And she's like, Is an A a good thing? Like she didn't have idea like about anything really. So as children, we have to take a lot of responsibility to raise ourselves, to lead ourselves, to guide ourselves. And in the process, as you compare your journey to other children and to other people, you start building resentment because they're part of your childhood that you didn't get to experience yourself. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about that because I did an IG live the other day where I got emotional. I was like, I'm going to show up vulnerably, whatever comes up, let's go. This is why I'm authentically. And a lot of people resonated with this topic of forgiving our parents. And I know during coaching, we coach a lot on this, and it has been an amazing, amazing journey for. You. So,
1: would you tell us your journey, your transformation? Yeah, man, this is a big one. I mean, it's like my life's, I don't know what you call it, but it's one of the biggest pillars in my life is my relationship with my parents. And it's been through some stuff. Yeah, like when I grew up again, only child my parents didn't speak english so anything that was related to translating for them reading their mail taking them to doctor's appointments i mean that was all me i remember even as a kid when i was six years old and just learning english in kindergarten i was already starting to translate from my parents at the grocery store at their doctor's appointments and whatnot so i've had that responsibility for a very long time even now And growing up, again, they're immigrants, so their number one priority and value is safety and security. And so it was always about how do we keep Kim safe and not let her like have any sort of risk applied to her. And so growing up, I felt like I was in a cage. I mean, I looked at my friends around me. They were able to go to the movies, go hang out for birthdays on the weekends and actually like just do things. And I didn't get any of that. I didn't hang out with friends after school or on the weekends. In fact, I did, but I had to lie about it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to like the school organization or club or whatever, just to be able to hang out with my friends at their parents' house. Things like that, that I had to kind of work around. And so constantly I had this desire to break free out of my cage. And when I was 18, this is my senior year in high school, I remember I went through a six month battle with them to let me move out of the house. And I just remember thinking like, I'm not going to take no as an answer. Like I'm legal. I'm going to be legal or I am legal. And I don't want to be in this situation anymore. And I want something different for myself. So long battle. And then what do you know, I moved down like literally a mile down from (laughs) their, their apartment. But still, I was a free woman. And now I can really live my life So in my early 20s, I spent just exploring. I did everything under the sun. I tried to maximize fun and joy and like experiences. But all while my parents were still in the backdrop, I still had responsibilities and taking care of them, fulfilling my duties and helping them manage their life through translating. And I've always had this resentment that kept building and building over time of like, they don't understand me. They don't accept me. They don't know who I am. They're projecting all of their, like, it was always a battle between cultures, like, not only Western versus Eastern, but also like generational differences as well. And there was a lot of resentment there, especially towards my mom, who kept referencing when I was a kid and I would follow her around and I always listen to her. But now I'm just, a rebel and like I don't listen to her anymore. And it was this constant like projecting of guilt and shame. And so there was a lot of bitterness that built up over time. And in 2016, I was like a couple of years into Accenture, finally like had money to be able to afford like a counselor, or a therapist. And that was my first time. I specifically found a woman in Houston who was around my mom's age. So she knew the generational dynamics. And then also she was Vietnamese. So I was very intentional about who I picked and she helped me kind of manage all of that through that journey. But it wasn't really until your coaching where I was able to really make a meaningful impact and sort of started to reframe a lot of my negative thinking. So two things come to mind. One is forgiveness and how incredibly important and valuable it is to your healing and growth journey. And I remember there was this one session where we had talked about calling my mom and asking her for forgiveness, which at the time, by the way, I was like, why would I do that? Like, she's the one who hurt me. <laughs> I'm um, dying here. But You're making I me just,
0: cry and laugh at the same time. I'm like, my eyes are
1: watery. And then I'm just crying. I sat there and I was just like, I sat there for 20 minutes. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, Jeanette. I don't. I do not. And then I did it. I called my mom. And by the way, this is like out of the blue. This is not normal for us. Like we have a very set schedule. I call her once a week. It used to be twice a week. And it's just a couple of minutes just to check in with each other. And I remember calling her out of the blue. And I just just like, hey, I know that you and I have challenges together i just want you to know that i am working on it and i know i've hurt you i know i've done things that didn't make you happy but just know that i am trying to do something about it and i hope you understand and forgive me and to be honest i don't really remember what her response was cuz i kind of blacked out at <laughs> cuz i was like <laughs> But I think she was surprised, and I think it was a very pleasant call. She was like a pleasant surprise for her. And I had an appointment right after that call. I remember driving to my appointment, and all of a sudden, like all this overwhelming emotions just came out, and I just bawled. And it was the most relieving moment that really helped put things into perspective for me and how why forgiveness was so important. Forgiveness is not about forgiving. The person who hurt you. It's about releasing those expectations that you had that they could fill your emotional bucket, that they failed at that. Like they didn't have the tools and resources at the time to be able to give you what you needed. And releasing all that bitterness and resentment to be able to say, okay, I accept it happened. It's okay. But now, like, I can actually do something about it. I can finally start my life fresh and go from there and not have that dictate my life and like have me carry around this unnecessary load all this time and be able to release it. So it's more for yourself. And one of the things that resonated with me was you'd said, my mom is my biggest teacher in life. And truly, that's also one of my biggest mental shifts, too, is so much of this is about how you put things into perspective. I could look at my upbringing, all the things that my mom has said or done to me and projected on me and just say, and just continue being hurt, feeling hurt and having all, carrying all this resentment, or I could look at it now and it's like, wow, actually, you know what? I'm actually glad that happened. I'm glad that I went through all of that because I am now someone that I truly love. I'm happy. I'm proud of how far I've come. I'm happy where I'm at now in life. And if my parents didn't keep me in a cage all this time, then maybe I wouldn't be the same person. I wouldn't be where I'm at now. So I look back on that whole journey, that whole experience with gratitude that it happened. And I'm able to kind of step back and take things a little bit less personally when my mom does say something that does trigger me, which by the way, happens. It's not perfect, right? I'm still, it's a lifelong journey. It will never be perfect, but it's being able to keep that in mind as I'm going on this journey.
0: I think that's so inspirational. And every time I see you, I end up like getting emotional. I think when we had our brunch, like in Caracol, like I just got so emotional because I can resonate so much with your story. And I've went through the same journey with my mom And I was in my second coaching certification and the coach at that moment tells me the same thing I told you, hey, after this, like in this break, in 10 minutes, call your mom and say, please forgive me. And I had never done that in my life, like ever, like I was so nervous. And even when I was telling her, like, I'm an emotional person. Okay. Like I was like crying, like mom, blah, blah. And she was so surprised, the same reaction of like, yeah, it's okay." because when I think of my mom, Kim, I was telling someone that maybe I'm emotional because I've had to balance out like she's not an emotional person at all. And I think also because of everything she had to go through, she really had to put like a hard like shell on herself so somehow, since a child, I also learned how to regulate her emotions and mind to be there for you. Because I think in this process of being Im- immigrants, in some way, we have also become the parents to our parents. Like we literally um, we support our parents financially. That's very common in immigrant communities. And it is a big shift and it is a huge process of growth. But when I was giving you this during the coaching call, I thought to myself, Kimmy's is going to freak out. She's going to be like, what the heck are you telling me to do, Janet? Like, oh, my God. But I said to myself, it's not about me or her. It's about the transformation she's going to have. Whenever she does this, and the courage also that you need to go through in order to do something so vulnerable like that, and also how proud you're gonna feel when you do something that you thought you were not capable of doing. that transformation it just freaking transforms your life in every way
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was definitely a moment I'll never forget. It was truly a transformational moment.
0: I love that so much. So, Okay, Kim, 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 oh my God, I've enjoyed so much this conversation. You have so many stories to tell. You have so much good advice and good transformation. Someone who is looking to live a more fulfilled life, to maybe self-actualize themselves, whatever that might mean for that person what is the one piece, just one thing of advice you would give that person as she or he is going through that journey of growth and transformation?
1: I think the one thing I would say is have courage. That is one of my core values that we defined in our journey, our program. And I look back to that very often. So the three that I have are around freedom and independence, authenticity and and courage. And I think personal growth obviously is important to me, but it is a byproduct. I believe that is a byproduct of being courageous and being able to show up for yourself, doing things that put you out of your comfort zone and start small too. You don't have to jump headfirst into it, but being intentional of like, okay, maybe what is the one thing I can do today that is success to me and that I will show that I tried and I, Got out of my comfort zone. That used to be on my monthly tr- or my daily tracker is like, did you do something out of your comfort zone today? And being able to embrace change, embrace challenges, embrace being uncomfortable is the starting point of which of all of this, of this entire journey, because slowly and surely over time, you start to develop a different sense of who you are and self esteem and self confidence. And I can't stress that enough. It's just, being embracing being uncomfortable and having the courage to do it. I love it. What is
0: the next thing that you're embracing to have more courage? Or what is the next thing you're dreaming of? You don't need to give us details or maybe something that you are like, we'll keep you accountable. <laughs> something that you're like, man, I want to really be courageous and do this thing. And I'm afraid, which is totally normal.
1: Yeah, I think the next thing for me is wanting to start a side hustle. And uh, yeah, it feels even weird to say that out loud. But it's more of I want to start getting into real estate. I have no idea what that entails. But I'm going to figure it out. I'm gonna go on YouTube, I'm gonna go to school of Google, and like learn like, what does this even mean? And being able to build a vision for myself of having some sort of passive income in my future to be able to build that passive income and, and wealth, So that I can enjoy my later years is something I'm thinking about. Of course, I'll have my core job here too. But that's a whole other venture that has been in the back of my mind and something I want to look into and have the courage to start small research, look into it, and then take the necessary actions to get there. I love it. My
0: friend, you put this out there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you said it. I feel there is another energy when you think about it, and another one when you say something out loud and you're like, okay, I'm doing this. So it's real now. It's out there. <laughs> it's real. I'll keep you accountable. I'm so freaking excited for you. And I can tell you, you are aware, my freaking ideal client, because Kim, you have so many inspiring and uplifting qualities about yourself. How open-minded you were to the many uncomfortable things (laughs) that we did during the process. Many of them, which is part of it. But how courageous, and it doesn't matter what, how resilient you were, to be able to course correct and step back on and say I'm going to start again and I'm going to do better this way. I admire you so much. Since the first time I met you, I think you're an amazing leader and you're going to be a badass in real estate. So whenever I have some real estate questions, I call I'll call you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Janet. And same to you. I am truly so honored to be here on this episode with you and then have you helped me on my journey the last year or so it truly has been life-changing and i can't thank you enough truly you're doing so good to the world and i hope that people can look at this episode and know that it is achievable like self-esteem building confidence achieving what you want in life all of these intrinsic values and motivations and drivers it is completely achievable And I just thank you so much, Janet.
0: Thank you so much, dear. I'm I'm so honored that we were able to make this happen. Now, if someone hears your story and they're like, hey, I want to reach out to her or ask her more questions, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, they can find me. Well, I live on LinkedIn now because I recruit They can find me on LinkedIn. I work at Bespoke Partners. Reach out to me there, or they can find me on social. I have Instagram and IG. So I'm an open book. And if I could help someone just take the first step in either getting coaching with you or whatever it is that helps propel them down this path of growth, I am here for it. And I'm more than happy to contribute that in any way I can. I love that. And I'm going
0: to include your links there. So people follow you, connect with Kim. She's someone that you want to make sure you have in your life in some way, even if it's just LinkedIn following her. It doesn't matter. Thank you so much, Kim, and thank you so much for all the listeners, all the audience for today's podcast episode. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friend, with your family member. Let's continue spreading this feeling and this mission, a movement of self-empowerment. So I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Janet. If you're feeling stuck, unfulfilled, maybe you're feeling a sense of the imposter syndrome, a sense of unworthiness, and you're ready to step it up to make sure you fulfill your dreams and your potential because you know you're meant for more, my 101 Align Coaching Program might be for you. If you're curious about coaching one-on-one with me, make sure to schedule a free 45 minutes clarity call. It is super simple. In this clarity call, I'll be understanding what you're challenged by and we'll be deciding together if coaching is a good fit for you to move forward. Whatever you decide, whatever we decide together, I'll make sure that this call is valuable for you. I hope to connect soon and cheers to making your dreams a reality. Thank you so much for listening at With Clarity and Purpose. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Sharing is caring. Please share with your friends and family so we can continue building an empowered community together. I'll see you next week.